Hey guys, this episode is much more light than the last one. The last one ended and it was pretty heavy and I would imagine people were uh, a little bit sad that it ended that way. So this one is more just uh, how to heal after something like that, after leaving a religion, after having suicidal thoughts, after feeling like everything is over. And again, I really appreciate... Alessandra, Alessandra, <laughs> I'm so bad at saying names, Alessandra, for coming on and sharing what she shared. It's hard to do, especially when you know family, friends, people are going to listen to it. So I just want to say thank you again to her. And if you want to reach out, we're friends on Facebook, so you can find me and then find her. <laughs> and I got a new website. I got. I just bought a new domain. It's kingofcorona2020.com, but I don't know how to actually connect that domain to the website that I built. So I'll have all this up and running and have my merchandise, my hats and shirts on there eventually. But in the meantime, share this with people that it could help. That's really what I want. Hope you guys enjoy this. Experience true vulnerability, how to overcome trials. You will laugh, cry, and experience everything in between. Welcome to the King of Corona podcast. Brought to you by Tyler Griffith. Oh, yeah. Kidding. All right. All right. So in your headset, does it sound normal or no? Yes. Like it's not chopping? No. Okay. Because like pay attention because sometimes you'll hear this little like. like It'll um, probably be better now that I'm on the correct internet. Yeah. because So Alessandra, she's not been connecting to her Wi-Fi. So (laughs) our audio has been all messed up. And I was thinking it's because of me. (laughs) I should have said that. I'm like, it's totally. Yeah. It's my fault. Figure out your technology. It honestly probably is my fault, to be honest. All right. So what are we doing here? Are we going to start from where we left off? Here's what we're going to do. You're going to go back. Somebody's got to listen to these podcasts that we did together and give us feedback. Like if we need to re-record it, let us know. Let's pick up right now where we left off on that like three hour and 30 minute one. <laughs> Positivity. But then if we have to, we'll re-record if people could understand it. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> and just so the listeners understand why I don't have three and a half hours to go listen to a podcast that I made because I already took three and a half hours doing it. <laughs> That's probably why I haven't listened to it. Cause I'm like, oh. exactly. So, all right, go ahead. Let's get started. All right. Okay. I have to go back. Um, so after, after that, so we talked about, well, like, yeah. Should I cover, like, that we had recorded part of this already today? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was go- kind of choppy. So we're kind of starting over. So kind of, like, overview or just, like, a brief of what we've already covered Yeah, was how, you know, I was feeling suicidal and such. But when I had first left the church, my mom had asked, 
if I was feeling suicidal and I wasn't at the time. And when I would tell people that they were kind of like, why would she ask that? And I just thought, or would tell them like, if you feel like someone's suicidal, then it's best to ask them. Yeah. Instead of ignoring it because more than likely they need someone who will just listen and who cares. They're not really wanting to die. They just, they just need to be heard. They just need Mm -hmm. their pain validated. And so if you feel like someone is, it's always best to just talk to them about it and see how serious it is. See if they have a plan, see if they have a time frame. and the more details they can give you about it, the more serious they are about it. That's really good advice. Um, And then my little, I'm going to do my little tidbit. Go for it. Go on. on. I'm not trying to talk too much right now so we can get through this. (laughs) But I was just saying before that, is a lot more common than you think to feel that way. It yeah. really is. And like, we all probably at some point, I felt like I'd probably be better off not being here. Right. So don't think that because you think that way or because you even have a plan that you, that something's wrong with you. Yeah. And if someone says they are, oh, if you cannot call the police, don't. Like if you, if you think, that this is a real threat, take them directly to the hospital. Don't call the police first. I mean, unless there's a gun to their head and you see that, then call the police. But if they don't have that weapon and it's not an immediate right now threat, take them to the hospital themselves. Don't call the police. Too many people die for mental health issues because something goes wrong and they get shot by a police officer, no matter what color they are. It does happen a lot, huh? Yeah. And it's unfortunate because it's like they're someone loves you and they're calling to help keep you alive. And then the yeah. people you call for help are the ones who end up killing them. And, See, and that's and that's like a, that's probably it's one of those things that's so it's one of the like big controversial things, you know, police yeah. officer, police like it's so real. And then it's almost like it does it really honestly does unfortunately seem like race is a part of it whether you want to believe that or not and then also just there's different like people are just treated differently like they just are yeah have you watched um 100 humans it was like a research experiment uh, on netflix no but i want to i'm gonna you should they do a bunch of tests to see people and one of the things is they're holding a gun and they're like two people are gonna pop up someone with the gun and someone with the cell phone they're both gonna be aiming it at you and it's like more likely who you're gonna shoot like on first instinct who do you shoot and with when they picked the black guy they even picked one who was familiar with with everybody like someone they liked because they were like just to try to even it a little let's pick a black person they all know and like what they all do all but like one or something shoots the black guy it's just a first response it's a conditioning thing it is yeah and so it's like some people don't mean it's called a hundred humans hundred humans okay i'll check that out that's yeah it's really interesting so Anyway, yeah, so don't call the police. You say, like, there's a better way to approach it than do that. Yeah. I think that that's a, probably a hard thing for people, though, is, like, I don't think anybody knows what to do in that situation if, you know what I mean? It's not, yeah. something, that's, it's not something that's taught, really. Right. And you can't tell them, like, hey, get in the car. I'm taking you to the hospital. 
because yeah. they're probably not going to go with you. So mm-hmm. you have to fi- fi- probably figure out a different way to get them in the car and then take them there if you need to. Yeah. Yeah. And it's an interesting, I mean, that could be a whole podcast by itself, my experience there, but it was, won't go into it, but just, well, briefly, I'll just say the therapists and psychiatrists sucked so yeah. bad. Like I had, I came to a point where they were trying to talk and get stuff out of me. And I signed, um, I had actually found out about an AMA event against medical advice. So you sign uh-huh. it like, I want to leave. And they have to let you go within 48 hours. And I knew about that because I had a client who had gone to the mental hospital like three weeks prior and had signed one to get out. Otherwise, I would have had no idea I could do that. So I'm glad I've had that experience. Yeah. Because now when my clients talk to me about it, like I just have so much more insight. It's crazy, huh? You just all of a sudden you yeah. get that perspective. Yeah. And, and I was just like, these places suck. They're not the things that were helpful were not in their control. Yeah, that's what sucks too. Is like I talk about this a lot on my podcast is perspective. Like, you can't even teach it. You can't teach it. You have to get it. And so it's like trying to talk to an active person and telling them how bad an inactive person feels. You you can't you can't give them that pain, and then they're looking at you like, why are you trying to pull people away from this? And you're like, I'm not. I'm trying to help the people that are hurting that you don't even understand. Right, right. And so I think like the therapist talked to me day two I didn't see her until the second day I went they took me there on a Sunday night and I left Wednesday afternoon at 11 or so but um like I didn't see the therapist till Tuesday and I had already signed the AMA and she basically came in with an attitude like oh so I heard you sign this AMA and I was like I did and she's like why like you were suicidal you tried to kill yourself two days ago what is it you signed it's an against medical advice. So you're oh. le- you're saying I'm leaving. I don't care what the doctors think. I'm going against your advice and I am going home. <laughs> okay. And so um <clears throat> she was so she's like why are you, you know, like you tried to kill yourself 2 days ago. Why are you leaving? And I was like exactly. I tried to kill myself 2 days ago, 48 hours ago, and this is the first time I'm talking to the therapist. Yeah. That's a problem. That is a problem. It's a I'm huge like, problem. Yeah. And the psychiatrist I had talked to, and she was just like, what medications are you on? I want to put you on these. And I was like, you're not drugging me. I'm not. This is, it's so weird how fast they do that, too. And then oh, it's yeah, like, so quick. It's, I was like, this... you knew what you were going to put me on before you walked in this room. Yeah. It's just, and it's like mind numbing. It's just like numbs you. And so you can't even process through like what you need to process. And so then you get stuck in it. Mm -hmm. And then they just want to give you pills to help you sleep so that you just fall asleep early, sleep for a long time. So they don't have to deal with you. And then you're just like, I am a robot. I was like, no. Yeah, I didn't take it. I was like, I'm not. And there's signs everywhere that says you have the right to refuse medication. So when I told her I didn't want to take like an antipsychotic, she was just like, kind of like well I'm the psychiatrist and I know what's best and I'm sitting there like there's signs everywhere that says I don't I can refuse medication like why are yeah. you why are you guilting me into taking this it was just insane and she kept trying to get me to talk and I was like I just stood up and I walked out of the room and so many people don't know that they can do that yeah like, it's, I would imagine you just it's 
It's honestly, it's similar to anything with like a peer pressure though, where you feel like you're supposed to do something. Like yes. Just, and I want people to know go that. With it. Yeah. You have every right. I mean, right. Like plead fifth kind of thing. You do not have to speak to anyone you don't want to. You can get up and leave at any point. So I got up and I was walking out. She's like, no, come back. And I was like, I'm not talking to you. I just want to go home. And she's like, you're going to go home. Because she was talking about how she wanted to fight the AMA. She was like, well, legally, uh, I could do something, something, something. I still have to sign off on it or whatever. And so when she said I, I was going to go home after she had basically said she wasn't going to let me, I was like, okay, I'll talk to you. And I sit down and she's wondering, I was like, you know, she's like, why don't you want to talk? And I was like, you're not empathetic. <laughs> like, I just called her out on all well, the crap. They knew I was a therapist. And I was like, you're not doing your job well. Like you're accusing, you're not listening. I told you I've been depressed because I have a bad relationship with my mom. My mother-in-law died. And all you want to talk about is this one little fight with my husband. My relationship was actually good, but something happened that triggered this, but he wasn't the issue. And all they wanted to talk about was that one moment. And I was like, no, you're not asking me about everything else from like the last two years that has led to this. And like it, like in yeah, being that's... there, I was like, this is why I'm here. Like it gave me purpose again. Cause I was like, I'm a damn good therapist and yeah. you guys suck. <laughs> like, Well, that's, that's what, that's why I wanted you to come on here so badly Yeah, is because you are a therapist and to have a therapist be honest <laughs> and vulnerable and like, be like, hey, guess what? I'm a therapist, and guess what? I have problems also. Yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah. So then I'm in there with all these other people, and it's like, what was like, what was healing about it was being with other people who were like, yeah, I tried to kill myself, like because this is going on in my life. Like people who were real, who were like, this is my real pain. Yeah. And they had like a music therapy. They brought in like, I guess I am talking about this experience now. <laughs> oh, that's good. Talk about whatever we talk about. That's how we do it. Yeah. But they brought in like, like, uh, like a, someone who does like music therapy, you know, and everyone got instruments and they're playing and the people who can sing are singing and they sound great. And it was yeah. just like a, like, it just felt so good. Like we're, we like, there was like a jam. We played like a uh, light, like uh, th- the lightning game, basketball, yeah. you know, and I won. <laughs> I was Look like, I'm you. so excited to tell my husband, like I won. I saw. I watched your, by the way, your little bachelor thing where you're like shooting hoops and you're like, oh yeah, slamming the volleyball and stuff. And that's like the worst. So hilarious. <laughs> like those videos were so weird and They're awesome. So bad. They're so bad. Yeah. I haven't watched it since leaving, and I was like, this is embarrassing. Maybe I want some of this. I'm gonna marry the Utah Bachelor. Yay! So bad. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> yeah that was good i was like you gotta seriously tell these people how to find that no i'm not gonna do i think you should i'll just post it on my facebook everybody i'm just kidding all right continue yeah and then like we played like a game of cards and there'd be like treats of like chocolate pudding i haven't had chocolate pudding in forever but it was like those little things again that were just like oh this is nice and like Getting to play cards, we were all laughing. And, um, like, the people at the table were like, I haven't laughed this much in a really long time. And so it was like, here I am with a bunch of other people who have been suicidal. And we're playing cards together, not giving a damn what we look like. (laughs) 
what anyone else thinks and we're just having yeah. fun and it's like that's what i need in my life i need people who will voice their problems who are okay mm-hmm. to be vulnerable who just want to have fun and don't take themselves too seriously in what other people are thinking my my favorite thing like i actually thought this was like the best therapy i ever had so i got that dui yeah and then i had to take classes so i had to do a tuesday class at two mm-hmm. o'clock mm-hmm. like two to two two to four every tuesday for like <laughs> a year so i did it for like a year and these people like because you all have this like we're bad people in common like we all drove and we drank <laughs> so you feel you feel really bad about yourself but then you open oh, up and it's like this like group therapy session yeah. and you're like wait so you suck and you suck and you suck and i suck <laughs> We all suck equally. We all suck together. So we're all awesome. Yeah, pretty much. I remember after listening to that, I had like asked you advice because I had a, just had a client who was like, I just got a DUI. Yeah, did I give you good advice or no? Um, yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, I'd listen. I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I, I shared it with her. And so I, yeah. had, and I had had a previous client who had gotten one, but I mean, she was like, like probably 48, first time drinking. I was, you know, she was going to be rough on herself. Yeah, I guess, I guess most people are, but, but yeah, it's so helpful. All right, okay, so that's the good. that's the hospital experience, I suppose. <laughs> okay. Um, and then we moved out. Like I knew I had to get out of Utah because I love this phrase. That's like you can't heal in the environment that made you sick. That's a great phrase. Yeah. Say that. Say that one more time, very slowly. Yeah. Okay. What is it? You can't heal in the environment that made you sick. That's good. Yeah. That's, that's gotta be, it's gotta be very true. It's like getting like abused as a child and then trying to heal with the abuser. That's why I don't like to work with kids because if their parents are the same, it doesn't really help the child. So I prefer, I like marriages because if you can help a marriage, you help the whole family. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And like, and I have to see couples because if I have, if I have one spouse who's depressed, you don't know if the other, like how the other spouse has influenced that. And I say influence, I do not say blame. I do not place blame anywhere. We, because sometimes we do things or a lot of times we do things unintentionally. We don't know how it's affecting the people around us. So one person might be extremely depressed and they don't realize, neither of them realizes that it's the way their spouse might talk to them or like something they're not doing, like that maybe the person doesn't show love the way they feel it and receive it. And so whenever I have a single person or like someone who's married, but they come by themselves, I'm always like, bring your spouse or like bring them next time or something. Because if your relationship hasn't, if you're depressed or anxious or whatever it is in your yeah. marriage, then you both have to be here. It's hard too. Cause I, so I got divorced last year, Yeah. but it's hard. Like I talked about, and I said the word victim in the last one. Like mm. I hate that word. I said, I'm a victim. Yeah. And I was I listened. I was like, Oh dude, you said you're a victim. Like, <laughs> But sometimes yeah. like it's, it's hard. Like, it's hard to it's hard to like realize difficult things but then to look back at like my marriage and think about like being depressed being anxious and realizing like i had no idea how to even help myself i didn't even know how to 
So like I started to listen to Zig Ziglar because I was like, yeah, all I knew was the church. Everybody's like, read your scriptures, say your prayers, go to the temple. That's going to fix your problems. And I'm like, well, it's not, it's making my life harder and I need better advice. I need different advice. And it was like, well, we're not going to give you that advice. So you better go find some Zig Ziglar. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. It's so nice though for like you to tell people like, I mean, just like tell, yeah, tell the listeners like that. So that's what you would tell a couple. Like you would say, go together to counseling. Yeah. Because even let's, let's say like someone's pain and what they're coming from is from childhood, right? Let's say they had abusive parents or, or such, or um, their spouse might say or do things that trigger things from their childhood and they're not aware of it. Like the spouse isn't, and neither is the client. And so sometimes yeah. it's about coming in and saying, hey, like when they say that, how does it make you feel? And really get into the say like, well, it just brings me back to this time when I was younger. That they want, you know, in that moment at home with their spouse, they weren't vulnerable enough to say that. Yeah. Or they hadn't been asked it the way I ask. And so then they can learn how to communicate better with each other. Yeah. It's so, do you, do, would you suggest like single individual and marriage? Is that like the best way to do it? Marriage just, is better, but so I just marriage. have a marriage and family therapy degree. So every MFT will tell you that. And I'm sure people with different degrees might tell you individuals better, but really like we're created for connection. We need each other. We, like the pair always survives longer than a single like, mm. I mean, we learned like in concentration camps, like the people who would stick together in it will survive longer than somebody who's just by themselves. Yeah. And so you can heal and move on and thrive so much better with someone else. And like, even if you're in a situation where you're scared, like think of yourself in like the middle of the forest late at night, it's pitch dark, you hear sounds like if you're by yourself, you're terrified. Yeah. But if you have someone with you, even if you don't know who they are, it's, le- it's, more it's a little less scary. And then if you're with someone you love, who loves you back, it's even less scary. It's like, it's we like, are going to get through this. It's so, I, I kind of wonder about like, just how everybody's conditioned to be the way that they are though. Because, so I'm actually, I go to therapy. Like I go to therapy right now. I'm going every week mm-hmm. and it's about mostly like relationships. Yeah. But I sometimes feel like more safe alone. Like I feel like, if you mm. formed a lot of relationships where you didn't feel safe, where like I couldn't be myself, yeah. I couldn't talk, like the only person I really have grown to trust is myself. Like you're the only yeah. person that's going to accept you for how you are. And so I think that's that's also a scary place that you can get to because you do do better as a pair. Mm-hmm. But if you're raised in an environment or household or something. Yeah, where you have to yeah. rely on yourself. Yeah. And then you're conditioned to be that way for so long. It's hard to break those, like the habits, you know? It is. And that's what we have to work on in therapy sometimes is like how to let that person in. Because when you're a kid, there's so many things that worked for you Uh as far as survival skills and coping skills. But as you grow older, we don't naturally grow out of those coping skills. We still use them. And then we get married and they don't work anymore. So they served a purpose as a kid, but they don't serve a purpose in your relationship. And we have to like upgrade our coping skills. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Like as a kids always blame themselves. They're very egocentric. And so something happens like parents get divorced. What did I do wrong? 
I caused this. I got bad yeah. grades. I acted out. I hit my brother, something. And it's good. Like, I mean, hopefully you've done this, but it's good when everybody, anyone separates. Yeah. To make sure your kids know that they had absolutely nothing to do with that. You are yeah, not so... divorcing for anything they did at all. And yeah. just reassuring them of it. But, um, uh, so yeah, we've, we've done that. We do that all. Well, divorce, did. but divorce is just hard, like on kids, just because mm-hmm. is. life is different. But then there's also, there's like, I think a lot of people too are very scared of divorce. Like divorce is like, I think it's horrible. I think it's like last case scenario, like probably do whatever it takes before you get divorced. But mm-hmm. in some situations, divorce is the right thing to do. Yeah. My well, opinion. In my opinion. I think, I don't think your kids should be the reason you stay married, but I think your kids should be the reason that you try to be happily married. Right. Yeah. So you like, if you run into something hard, don't be like, okay, well, we're just going to quit or I don't want to yeah. stay together just for the kids. But it's like, but we have kids. So let's try to fall back in love with each other. Let's try yeah. to make this work. If eventually you can't, then that's okay. But like, there's, research that I think um, I I mean I was told I never saw it but I learned in school that BYU had done they wanted to prove it was always better for mom and dad to stay married Yeah. and of the four of these four options it's best if mom and dad are together um, happily married then it's if mom and dad divorce but they're nice to each other they're respectful they can get along then it's mom and dad are divorced and they basically hate each other, right? And the last option was mom and dad staying together in a toxic relationship for the kids. Yeah. That was the worst. And they wanted that one to be higher because your kids see what marriage is like. And they don't yeah. want that. They don't exactly. want that. Then they take on your stress. Like so many things for like kids with ADHD is around your family. It's like parent child conflict sibling conflict um mom and dad conflict maternal depression like so many common things because you can't focus when your home life sucks yeah do you think do you think like within the church sometimes people or within like just not not our church but religion and different things like people get stuck like emotionally they're not able to grow to what they should have grown to because they were trapped a lot Mm -hmm. because i that's why I talk about individual therapy being good because it's almost like to work on yourself, <clears throat> to work on yourself while you're working on your marriage to, to start to become like accepting of like who you are, because it's a, like how we talked about before, like the identity crisis thing that you go through when your identity was tied up in this or that or the other. Yeah, It's, it's hard to work through those individual things when you're trying to work through a marriage because you almost need to work on yourself and like be better in yourself to like come together to better your marriage is kind of is that yeah i mean that it probably just depends on each couple and what they are going through um just different for everybody because me and my husband can communicate well I can share all these self-discovery things I have for myself that I don't have to work through a therapist with because he's good at listening. 
Yeah. And like I had said before, when we did it, like I like marijuana really helps to open my brain and realize all these things about myself. I didn't know were hurting. It kind of takes away that like block, like trauma can make you forget a lot of things. Yeah. And so smoking that after my kids go to bed, of course, helps kind of remove those barriers and bring up the things that are deep down in there for me. But other people might not have a spouse who they can open up with like that or a spouse who asks the right questions or maybe their own, they just don't have the self-awareness yet. And so doing individual might be better for them. Yeah. And then it's like, you talk about marijuana too. That's everything's like individual too. It's like, everything's Mm -hmm. personal. Things work different for different people. Oh yeah. Like the marijuana thing too. I think people look at it sometimes like, you're using it as a crutch type thing, this or that. Like for me, it's the same as you. Like it op- it actually makes me aware of stuff. It's, I hate, I actually don't really enjoy doing it because it makes me scared. It scares me. And like, yeah. I have to, yeah. I, I have to take a hard look at like what I'm doing with my life. And usually it's like this like slight, like, oh, that was uncomfortable. But then mm-hmm. I like try to change and be better afterwards. And that's like, that's the process for me. Yeah. Like the after it works yeah, not better during. but in the during is hard yeah my husband gets really anxious doing it so he doesn't he doesn't really do it anymore yeah so it's very <clears throat> but yeah like another thing that had helped that i had mentioned when we heard earlier was just being able to experience those new things like because he had never drank and had never smoked and yeah. i had done those before so it wasn't new for me but it's just been fun to see how he handles those things (laughs) or like I had never drank so much that I wouldn't be like in control or something and so I'm glad that I can experience kind of experiment with that safely somewhat here because I think I was I did something I was like crawling and I was like you like I could totally be raped right now like I have no control over myself yeah I and remember, it's like, I'm glad I'm at home with my husband and not like 21 at a party. <laughs> I remember I was the executive secretary for my bishop and I didn't believe in the church. And so <laughs> okay. I was like, all they, in Utah, all you have is the state liquor stores. Mm-hmm. I remember going into those places like, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, hat, like, <laughs> I'd have to pull my hood up. I'd like try to sneak back. I'd park like where nobody could see me because I was like, what if somebody in my ward sees me? I thought that too when I started. We started like a couple months after his mom died. But before I had left and I was like, well, this will be fine. Let's see how he reacts to this. But yeah, I would be like, so like, oh, please don't let me run into. I know. Please don't let me run into anyone. I know. But then after I left, I was like, I don't care. I don't care who sees me. Yeah, but then also, like, the, like, you can build a, a really bad relationship really quickly with substances. Oh, yeah, so, if you don't know how to, yeah, like, if, like, if you can't learn, like, a moderation, like, my, like, yeah, I mean, my husband, having never done any of that, he's gotten to some points of uh, just too much. Like, he's not an angry person, but, like, he kind of, like, just passes out sometimes. Yeah. And like fell once and hit his face on a door. It was bad. God, but uh, but since I had like experimented a little bit before, I'm like I know my limits, and I 
I don't go. I mean, that one time where I was like, I could be raped was like once. Like I yeah. know where to, I know how to control it. So one of, one of my biggest, like one of the biggest like words of advice I would give to listeners, like if they're leaving like the church, especially if it's by yourself, because members of the church, a lot of times they want to like, they want to say it's because you're leaving to go drink because mm-hmm. you want to go party, you want to have sex. Mm-hmm. And so it's not because you lost your belief. It's because you want this like lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. And the alcohol for me, it was fun, but I, I would say I like abused it. I abused it <laughs> and it, it got to a point where it was just, it wasn't a positive yeah. thing. And I wish I would have left the church and just never drank like, and maybe transition to it slowly. Yeah. But when you leave the church and like just immediately afterwards, you're, it's, it seems yeah, like it's it can, like, let's try it. Out. Yeah. Well, it can just, I think it can yeah. get out of control quick. Right. It can. Yeah. Yeah. And like one of the things that bugs me when people say that, because I remember like something that was scary to tell my mom was because anytime I would tell her about someone leaving, she would be like, oh, they were so quick to take their garments off. Or when my husband left, she was like, ask him what he wants to do. What is it he wants to do so bad that he has to leave the church for? And I was like, okay. (laughs) And now being out, I was like, nothing. Like until, I don't know, maybe until like a couple months ago, maybe like I hadn't done anything outside the church that I hadn't already done when I was in it. I smoked weed believing in the church sometimes or for two periods of time, I guess. Like I had drank a, a handful of times. It wasn't a ton. And I was like, I mean, I had sex and fooled around with boys plenty being in the church. Like I didn't, I got plenty of piercings I probably shouldn't have had when I was in it. <laughs> and so yeah, it, it was just like, I haven't done anything. I was already planning to get tattoos before I left but I was like let's move out of Utah first see but you're like a different breed like you were raised and so like (laughs) if you look at these people that were raised inside of the bubble then it's like they don't know it and so for them it's all brand new so for me it was like I drank and smoked and did all the things in high school and then I kind of came back to it but I just think if you would like have no experience at all and you're starting to lose your beliefs and you like you want to train is it not working it's okay it like cut out but now it's good oh no what is it gonna okay, not work again yeah it still doesn't decline i think we're good i think we're good right now i don't know what happened but we're good <laughs> <laughs> this is like so annoying but <laughs> Anyway, I just think it could, I think you could just, if you transitioned from the church and you want to do it like with the least amount of problems as possible, I would say avoiding alcohol, like is probably pretty helpful, I would think. Or like, like take it slow, Uh take it slow. Do it with other people you trust who are very knowledgeable in it, who would be like, yeah, that's probably too much. You might want to slow down or, and such people who know, like, I mean, I was like, I've got to call my little sister for advice on alcohol because. But but, so what do you do if you're the people? So say you were, you grew up in like Rexburg, Idaho. Mm -hmm. So you're everybody that you know 
is like they're not a support system. So who who do you even talk? Like you can't even really figure out like what it's supposed. What if you don't have people that you can trust? Do you know what yeah, I mean? I can't personally now. So I'm trying to figure out how do you help those people that like are trapped in this. They join ex Mormon communities. <laughs> Yeah. Ask about it. Get on Reddit, ex-Mormon Reddit. <clears throat> Which is also interesting because so many people are like, don't drink or take it slow. Like they they're like they're very willing to be like, look, these are the mistakes I made when I yep. left. Like, don't do this. Or so, or you know, like take it slow or do or you know, so yeah. it's so that is nice. There's a lot of humble people in that sense to be like, hey, here's the mistakes I made. And I want you to learn from them. Like, yeah, no one, none of us are out there. Like, oh, we hope you, <laughs> we hope you experience this and it goes terribly for you. Like, yeah. So, yeah. So I guess that's that's the drinking part. <laughs> um, <Okay>. What else is <laughs> <was> here? <laughs> You're like so organized, like bullet points. I know. I'm like, all right. What You're are like, the most important? Which ones can I'm I check? Like, out? like, which ones do we not cover? <laughs> Yeah, just you might need to do like two bullet points with me because you ain't gonna get through all of them. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's your most imp- what's your most important bullet points? <laughs> oh man! All right, let's see. <laughs> Self care, taking care of yourself after, especially when you're the parent. I mean, it could be dads too, but a lot of moms like forgetting themselves because, like in the church, I usually do right, like forget yourself and go serve. Yeah. Or to be Hinkley. That's what his dad told him when he was on his mission. Forget yourself and serve. And that's what you're thinking. You're internalizing that. Like, forget me. I have to give all my focus and energy to my kids and everybody else who needs it. And it's like, no, you need to take care of you, right? Put your oxygen mask on first. And yeah. so as much as I don't like the idea of antidepressants, I went and got on them because I was like, I need this to help me until I've established the routine and habits I need that will help me maintain the happiness because yeah. when you can't get out of bed you're not going to get out of bed to go on walks you're not going to get out of bed to exercise you're not going to get out you're not going to get out of bed to eat healthy and cook those things and so it's like sometimes you just have to realize like I need this it's okay if I take it I mean if you if you need it for years you need it for years if you yeah. only want to take it to get on your feet, kind of like the approach that I'm thinking, it's been really helpful. And it's like, in the last couple of weeks, I have, I've really upped the self-care. Like I'm doing Pilates. I am doing yoga, like signed up and go to it. Cause I can't, I, yeah. won't, work, I won't work out if it's at home. I have to go out. Yeah. I'm extroverted. I like people. I signed up to be on a softball team with my neighborhood and I'm doing kickboxing. <laughs> I'm waking up earlier to do these things. I'm doing like, yep. home, like a, like a meal ordering thing where they send me meals. I do home chef. I love home chef, but like, so I'm like cooking better and healthier. And so it's like, okay, I don't know how much longer I will take them, but I'm establishing the habits, the healthy habits and routines I need to yeah. maintain my mental health so that when I do come off of them, I'll be all right. Well, yeah. And it's also uh, like, it's cool to realize that you can do all that stuff. Like you can still have, like you can still be a mom. You can still take care of your responsibilities. I think deep down in our subconscious, like somehow we feel like selfish <laughs> if we're not, if we're not giving right. all of our time and energy to the church or to our kids or to this and that. And like, 
they try to paint you as like, did you seriously training for a hundred mile race? That's selfish. When are you going to train for it? I'm like, just don't worry about it. I'm making it work. I have my life figured out. You have your life. You might spend like 80 hours working where that to me, I would never do that because I have a lot that I want to do with my life. (laughs) And so, but it's really important. Like that's one thing I realized too, is like, I think me and my ex, so we're actually like super good friends now. Like we just did a work, we just worked out together. Yeah. I see, I see at the gym. And so we just like, get together and start doing a workout and we talk about get back together oh my gosh she's cute i looked at her facebook yeah she's in a serious relationship right now you guys guys gonna get back together you lucked out or not lucked out she who lucked out hold on that was supposed to be a compliment for her if she listens. Yeah. But I, maybe that didn't come out right. Go ahead. Figure that one out. <laughs> anyway, she's she's super cool. We get along really good. And yeah. a lot of it, like a lot of like our happiness that we're realizing now is because we didn't allow each other time to like yeah. do us. And we were always, mm-hmm. it's your turn with the kids. You take the kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're more just like on eggshells all the time trying to get through a day instead of trying to figure out like, how do we make this work? Like, why don't we become a team? And why don't like you listen to me? I listen to you. And but sometimes you're so trapped and stuff that you can't see past like your own hand in the dark, whatever that yeah. saying is. <laughs> yeah. And I try not to ever be that wife who would say no. Like I kind of listen to all the things like men would complain about with women and be like, I will not be that. So anytime you wanted to play basketball, I was like, go play. Like anytime he wants to play video game, it, it just is like, if you want to play video games, can you just like wait till the kids are in bed first? Then you can play all you want. You can go. Yeah. You can do what you want. Like, so he's done what he wanted, but I would personally feel guilty yeah. a lot of times. So I might not have done it. Like I'm doing a lot more now than I was before. And that's good. And I think the people out there that are feeling guilty, like a lot of that's just you, like it's your it mindset. It is, it's so much you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you're tr- you're making yourself feel guilty for things that you, like they're in your head, it's in your head. It is, yeah, my kids are so, like, they just say so much, like, I mean, just before I did this, I said something to my son or something, he's like, mom, you're so smiley, or you're so happy, or something yeah. like that, you know, like they tell me so much now, they're like, oh, like, Hey, you're being like a nice mom or something like they just say that so much more I'm so much more patient with them I it's just I'm just such a better mom right now and I I'm I'm enjoying being a mom again and it's really nice have you noticed too just like your interaction with just people in general just is getting better because it's like once you once you go into the world with this like positive vibe it's almost like so people love it yes i'm attracting so many good people like right now and we're like my son's going to school more now so and we can walk into school and so like run into other parents and there might be parents in his class and we're like hey what's up like i met this cool girl from like new york she's got this accent and it's great like (laughs) and now isn't it so the best part the best part about leaving that culture in the past yeah is how many fun new relationships now the whole world is your friend you can be friends with like everybody oh it's it's so nice and because we're in like the triangle of north carolina it's like a melting point like most of the people who live here are not from here and so i mean like i mean every time when i was in utah if they were like what's your phone number i think it's called a melting pot by the way i'm pretty sure is that what i said you said a melting point but i don't know maybe (laughs) 
I, lose I don't know. Voice and... Keep going. <laughs> but like in Utah, no, I'd like give my like you know, and they're like, "What's your phone number?" They're like eight hundred one, and assumed it would be eight hundred one, and I was like, "No, it's a different area code." But like here, no one asks that because they know everyone's from somewhere else, and yeah. it's so nice because there's so many different perspectives. I love, I love it. Yeah, so much fun. more diversity. And it's, yeah, it just helps so much. I mean, and I'm in the South, I'm like Southern hospitality. People are friendly there. Yeah. They want to talk. Like they'll see, yeah. I have three boys and they're kind of like, I think I, like a cashier, like Target was like three boys. Oh, you are so lucky. And you I was live... like, never have I heard that in Utah. Never did anyone what? say you're so lucky to have three boys. Like it was what? like that. Much. <laughs> like you must be busy. Your hands are full. And like here they're just like, that's wonderful. Like they love, I mean, like, you know, I think of Utah and Mormons as like family friendly. That's what you think. But I'm like, no, the people here like love my kids. They love yeah. them. Yeah. There's so many dang kids in Utah. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's almost like an infestation of like cockroaches. You're like, just get off of me. You go to like Chick Chick-fil-A or something in Utah <laughs> is like, my worst nightmare like oh, that place is like i feel like there's kids crawling on me like spiders <laughs> i felt like i couldn't go to all the fun stuff like like if you go up to um thanksgiving point and there's yeah. like museum of natural science and butterfly museum and all those things because it's like well like everybody else is here i know i just went there because my mom lives in lehigh mm -hmm. and so uh -huh. we went to the butter we went to the butterfly, butterfly. pavilion uh -huh. because yeah. i'm like horrible with this mask thing i kept it kept slipping yeah. kept slipping and then the little they came up to me four times and then the last time this lady comes up and she's like hey i just noticed your mask isn't fitting very well would you like another mask like no yes way. yes did she work Thank there you. or was she just someone who was there she worked there but okay. it's just funny the place is funny Funny. A funny little I'm, town. I'm the rebel with like a mesh mask that no one can tell. It's like, uh oh, I can breathe. It's completely breathable. I'm like, oh. yeah, it's kind of fun. Something I'll maintain fun my six feet. I have no problem doing that. But I like to smile at people. I do too. Like, and you I have to, like, you need your mouth. You need yes. your mouth. I'm like, I need, like, like I what can am try I going to do with my eyes? eyes? Yeah, like, I can try. It's not the same. I can't do it. I'm like, what do I do with them? And like, look, I know what it's like to see random people smile at me. Like, it makes you feel better. You're like, oh, like, hey, I don't even know yeah. you. you smiled at me. I'm like, I smile at everyone. So yeah, but now, I hate like, that I can't smile at people with the mask on. Were you when you were like? So you said growing up though, that you didn't have. Did you have a lot of Mormon friends, or was it mostly like? Oh no. You said there was there I was like no. none. No, yeah, I graduated high school with two Mormons. So what did you think, like, for real, if you're being completely honest with me about the Mormon culture, like, having grown up kind of out of it and then being in Utah, like, so you obviously wanted to get out of it once you didn't believe anymore, but... Oh, no, when I you... wanted to get out. Always. Right, always, always. So you didn't like it. No, I never... I never liked it. I always knew it was temporary because the missionaries who would be from Utah and visit our ward would complain about it. Like they would come and say like, your ward is like so welcoming and so loving and you guys are like a family. And we're like, yeah. oh, okay. Like when there's holidays, like we do things as a ward. Like we went on so many boating trips. So many people in the ward had boats. And yeah. so it would be like, I don't know, 4th of July, 
Memorial Day, whatever. And we're going out on boats with people in the ward. And your ward's not your family in Utah. Like, you're going with your actual family to do that stuff. Must have been, that must have been, like, you and I's experience, though. Because I know a lot of people where they do have that. Where they go boating. They all go to Moab. And they all have the RVs and the trailers. And, like, it's very tight-knit. I mm-hmm. think it's it's almost one of those things because we used to talk about this. Me and my ex was uh, everybody that lives <laughs> in Utah has all their family in Utah. Right. So it's, it's hard to make really good friendships when your family's not in Utah mm-hmm. because everybody's hanging out with family all the time. Exactly. So I felt like I felt like the people that are from there and bred there and grown up there, it's like they love it because they're like in this. Right. That's knit. why I didn't want to marry a Utah boy because I was like, they love it here and they want to stay here. And I know. Yeah. So I married somebody that was from Idaho, from Rexburg, Idaho. So that's right. very, it's like the same type of culture, People, yeah. very tight knit. <laughs> and that's why I had asked you, because the son, I, my son, I placed for adoption. Like they, they said they're from Rexburg, Idaho, but they're oh, from okay. a town called Victor, which is not far away from there. So yeah, I didn't they, know if you had heard of it or if she had heard of it. Maybe. Because I'm like, I just want to meet someone who knows him. I've never, like, I just, I was like, I was in Utah for like 12, 13 she, years. She might. And I was just like, I just like, I seriously never ran into anyone ever who was from there. Like he was like three and a half hours away from me. I think, I think she has family in Victor. I hope so. You should ask her. It's a nice, it's a nice area. All it's right. like a, it's like a park city area, I think. Cause I have, I, I knew somebody who was from somewhere in Idaho and she said it was it was kind of like a yeah. city, but is it Eagle what is it not it's Victor Victor, Victor? yeah V-I-C-T-O-R yeah uh I'm gonna ask her it's uh what's the high school Teton Teton oh my gosh that sounds very familiar familiar yeah yeah I like mega and that's how okay so that's one thing that's helps like for anybody adoption like I wrote him a letter just saying so much of what I wanted him to know with like pictures of how old I was at his age, pictures of my family now, pictures of my boys, because he had voiced, he had told, I don't know if he had told the lady that I knew through his family or if he had told his mom or what, but like he was interested in like our boys and was like, he just like, he's excited to meet him. He doesn't know how he fits into it all. And I was like, oh, he knows about me. That's how I did. I was like, I didn't know he knew he had was adopted at that point. And so when they were like, oh, yeah, he doesn't know how he fits with your boys. I was like, he knows he's adopted. Like, I didn't even know. Could you call him at some point? I, I, I don't I don't know. Um, I sent a... my phone number and my email and a letter to him. And was just like, call me, email me, like, whatever you want and i mean it was probably like two months ago so i haven't how fun would that be if you just became like good friends that's what i hope it was like i want to be i mean he's gonna be he'll be 16 in august but did did the statistic become true is he gonna be temple worthy i think so yeah good job they did it they held to their word he's great he's a great kid he's got a great family well Sorry, I'm like handsome. He's like the most looking like my family of all my kids because my younger two look nothing like me. Yeah. (laughs) My youngest child's very white with blonde hair and blue eyes. It's like my kids. Yeah. Sorry, I'm eating chocolate now. And then my middle child is like red hair. He's pretty white, freckles. (laughs) Like looks nothing like me, but 
love them. They're beautiful. My oldest looks a little more like me. He's got the darker complexion. He com- he considers himself brown. It's great. Like he, I knew we had a problem in Utah when he loved every black person he saw. Like he was like <laughs> Black Panther is like his favorite. Anyone That's so black funny. he loves. I was like, he loves everyone black because he never sees black people and he thinks it's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so my when I place for adoption looks a lot like my little brother. I'm like, <laughs> That's fun though. That's kind of like, I feel like it's going to work out like in a really positive way. I hope so. I'm just, I'm just like, Think, I think yeah. of the things he struggles with at this age, like probably the shame of masturbation or sexual feelings, you know, within the church. And I'm just like, I wish I could save you from that. Yeah. Like I so badly want him to call or reach out in some way so I can just be like, don't let that shame, like don't feel shamed about that. That's normal. Yeah. You're healthy. It's okay. <laughs> but, yeah. That would be nice. Huh, and if I, you did and I don't want like... him to go on a mission. <laughs> He has to go on a mission. If he's going to marry somebody Ugh. that's of any value, he needs to. Like, don't do that. Don't do that to him. <laughs> oh, it's so rough. Like, <laughs> he needs that for his for his life to turn out perfectly. Yes. And I was like, here's what's going to happen. He's going to want to meet me before he goes. We're going to meet. We're going to chat. We're going to talk. I'm not going to say anything blatant against the church, but if he asks why I left or anything or is curious, I talk about it and then watch he he researches, he finds out, he leaves, yeah. and then it's, like, all blamed on me. Like, his whole family will be like, he didn't come after your birth mom, he left. And I'll be like, I was oh, I saved him. You're the devil. Keep you away. Isn't that so sucky to feel? Like, that's such a hard thing, too, to have that, to know that is a valid concern of, like, it other is. people. That is, well, and that's a new fear for me, because for all these years for 14 years I've been like I'm temple worthy I'm doing what I'm supposed to do like when he meets me he's not gonna think of me as like this like you know 17 year old girl who screwed up like he's gonna be like my mom's amazing like she went to college she's a therapist Mm -hmm. she's in the church she's temple worthy and now I'm like he could meet me and be disappointed now because I left yep that sucks. sucks. It's like that's but, the only anger I hold towards the church. Like, if this doesn't go well because of the church, I'm going to hate the church, to be honest. So, I started to see that with my kids because I was telling you, my kids really were judging me for coffee. Yeah. And like, I'd have to hide, like, if I had alcohol. And then they'd be like, Jada's not alcohol. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and they're like, so it's like, it was such a horrible thing because yeah. of what I had helped build in their head. Right. So now I'm trying to unteach what I taught them. So like, I can't really get mad at, well, I can't get mad at anybody because I was part of it. So I'm like, I held accountable, but then I made promises when I was an 18 year old idiot kid. And so like, they're trying to hold me to this thing that I promised when I didn't know what I was doing. And that's the part that makes me like very frustrated. It's like, when you sign that paperwork to give your baby to somebody. LDS couple. I didn't know. But to not give you time, like they basically did it in a way where it's like you're trapped before you even see your baby. You've already signed yeah. your baby over. Mm-hmm. So that that's how the world works. That's how business works. It's like make this happen before emotions get involved. Let's let's try to like do everything business transaction and take emotion and like thought and empathy out of things. Yeah. And I'm sure that like – 
after I had him, if I had changed my mind, the papers wouldn't have held up legally. Well, but it's it's the mind control it does to you because mm-hmm. you think I'm already signing, so I have to do this. But you also your your feelings are tied up in that other family that's already got their hopes up on oh, your yeah. baby. Oh yeah, I was heartbroken. I love them. I mean, I've I've since met so many other birth moms within the church who unfortunately their stories just kind of suck with the parents. But like, yeah. I'm very blessed. Like they are wonderful people. I don't want to, like, I was like, I can't break her heart yeah. by changing my mind. And I don't want to be a threat. Like I think of the, I would think of the pain that she would go through. Like when he meets me, I'm sure she's going to feel a little bit jealous. And yeah. Just like, I hope you still, and it's like, I don't want you to feel that. Like, you can love us both. It's the same way, like, when you have a mom and a dad, you don't have to choose a mom and a dad, like, who you love more. It's yes, like people... you do. <laughs> yes, like, you, you can do. have a great relationship with both, and it's like, you can have two moms. I'm not, I'm not I know. threatened by it. And I That's hope she, so... I mean, I hope she ends up not being threatened by it, because it's like, I want to hear your stories with her. Well, that's what's, so this, I know I talk about, like, you said, are you going to get back with your ex? No, I'm not going <laughs> to get back with my ex. But so she's got this boy. I haven't even met the guy yet, but he seems okay. our schedules are just kind of crazy. But he seems like a really nice guy that treats her really good. Mm-hmm. And so I want he and I to work together to like yeah. if whoever she works out with, whether it be like this guy, another guy, whoever it's going to be. Yeah. Like. I don't feel threatened by somebody else bringing value into my kid's life if they're a good right. person. Right. It's like, I don't, you don't need to be the dad. Like I'm the dad, but like, we're both just giving these kids more ammunition to get through this life. Mm-hmm. If you come in with more positivity, give that to my kids. That's amazing. Yeah. And like, I love, like, I enjoy people so much more when I see how much they love my kids. And so yeah. it's like, for you, it's like, no, like if you love my kids and you enjoy being around them and you're positive influence, like you want that. Yeah. So it's like, it doesn't, like, it never hurts to have more people in your kids' lives who love them and, and want to be yeah. there for them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, all right, Let's you're going to have, <laughs> we're, at, we're at 56. Okay, hold on. Okay, let's see any other. What in the world? This is like. This, any other bullet points I want to cover? What? It's just crazy how fast this freaking time goes by. I know. I'm like trying to figure out like how do we fit I'm like what we want bad into these I'm things. I'm like, dang it! None of Tyler's other podcasts are this long. I'm so selfish. The other ones, like <laughs> I swear to you, because I've tried. I I try to. Have you seen? Have you listened to the other ones though? Yes. Oh, well, some of them, but not all of them. They have so much more to say, but I'm trying to hold it within an hour because I don't know how the hell you do this. And so I'm like, I'm not big enough. I'm not Joe Rogan. I can't do four hour episodes. <laughs> But maybe, maybe one day, you know? <clears throat> so you're trying to hold those all people within an hour and they have a lot to say. Yeah, so I think I got to bring all of them back on and let them talk again and again and again and do like where I have like, mo- my guests. Into... Just where my guests come on and like the listeners can get to know you guys. And then it's almost like I have like these side podcasts with like all these co-hosts. <laughs> we should do like a co-host. Like I remember when I watched... Uh... Remy and uh, Mike Linder, yeah. and I was like, and you had just started doing this, and I was like, we should do that. Like, yeah, we should have a podcast like that for like be the Leah and Mike. It would be interesting. I don't know what we would cover that isn't like. 
you know, Mormon stories already does, but. I know. I just, for whatever reason, it does feel like the Mormon church, though, gets away with hiding their stuff a lot better than everybody else. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, three. What I think is interesting, I haven't posted it on my group yet, but I thought about it, is it's like so many times they say um, to like, what's the scripture? Hold on, hold on, I got it. <laughs> I just I just talked to somebody today and I was like, do you guys think I'm like anti-Mormon? Cause, mm-hmm. And I, I'm they really say. curious. I don't know. I kind of feel like maybe they're like, are you trying to pull people out of the church? And I'm like, I don't think so, but I'm just trying to like, help people see the problems within the church uh-huh. and recognize it. But the control stuff is just like, I can't handle it. Uh-huh. But I, it's so hard for me to come across without being disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hate it. What, okay. So it's, well, yeah, it is hard. It, is, it can be hard. There's a it scripture. Is. Where is it? I swear I have it on the stories heads. okay so there's a scripture in mosiah right okay that says it's not opening mosiah is a prophet everybody just so you know it's a chapter in the book of mormon it's opening it's in the book of mormon which they talk is about, equivalent like, to the bible just so you guys know it's supposed <laughs> to be more important than the bible exactly. yes it is everything that's all i read i never read the bible because i was always reading the book of mormon Right? Yeah, same. I only knew those stories because I, like, watched the movie. Like, the mo- like the kid cartoons. Book of Mormon oh. stories that yes. my teacher tells to me. Remember that? That was my favorite. I, I do. That was, that was great. That was beautiful, Tyler. It was good. I'm going to play that one on guitar. Open mic next time. <laughs> yeah, right now. Oh, well. But there's, like, you know, there's, like, the scripture that's, like, um, to like beware of those who are wise for they think they are or beware of the learned for they think they are wise and they hearken not unto the counsel of God or something right like they just tell they like warn you about the people who are smart and wise which I think yeah. is just so ironic because like I'm considered that person now right I know I'm the learned I'm the wise oh. like I'm the person they tell the fear because I know too much now right like oh she's evidence-based that... research-based practices she thinks she knows that's All the this, worst. Right? That's the worst part about it. Because I remember feeling that way about my <laughs> my oldest cousin uh-huh. on my mom's side. He like he always was like a cool guy to me, but then like he became the anti Mormon guy to me mm-hmm. because that's he had talked like he had mentioned some things and like something got published in a book or something. And so he's mm-hmm. like, to me, I always painted him out to be this like, oh, he's like the devil got him. Mm-hmm. And now I'm that. And I'm like, right? and I'm and such a like, good person. <laughs> and I hate that I know how I'm being perceived because I used to be that person I know, doing the judging. Awful. I know. That's why so much is it like in your head. But it's also so a reality. Worse. It's like in your head because you know people do it. So you're judging yourself. I know. Like I hear what the things my mom has oh. said about people who have left and that runs in my head. But she's I never know. actually said it to me. You're like... Oh. It's but, so weird to have been like so judgmental towards people that are now us. <laughs> oh, I know. But like with the learned and that was the same, the church hiding things. It's ironic that they say that because I went through all of their degrees. Yeah. Of course. And it's like three of you have gone to law school. Probably like 10 of you got MBAs. Mm-hmm. And you're telling them to beware of the learned when it's like, literally you're the learned 
Oh yeah. It's and you're like... deceiving, but you're twisting it. Like that scripture literally can be used against you, but you know, it's yeah. Well, so here's what here's what like I feel like <coughs> this was a it seems like a very like educational episode. I went over a lot of like good, valuable information. Yeah. And I think like just in your demeanor and your voice, just like how you come across, it's it's pretty apparent that you're doing good. Like, especially with yeah. your, like the self-care stuff that you talked about. Like, I would say that's probably the biggest takeaway from this yeah. is just take care of yourself. Like, don't let yourself, don't let yourself get pushed so far down into something you don't like that you lose yourself completely. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. What's, it's what's your it's, last? It's hard Last Let's words. see. Okay, I have go. two. I have two. I have two more things. Okay. Is that okay? One's yep. One's short though. Okay. <laughs> okay. The other two things I thought was like around setting boundaries, like being okay to set those. Like I actually had to do this this morning <laughs> with my father okay. with my father in law, where I he was my husband was on the phone with him, and I just sat there the whole time, like. My, my father-in-law was my husband's basketball coach in high school and he okay. grew up with a coach, not a dad. So if you, if you played sports, you know how coaches are. So my husband just listens. He takes it in. Like he can't talk back. Like he, not, like he could, right? Like it was the end do, but like he stops himself because this is just the cycle of communication he's had with his dad his whole life. And so I'm sitting there like, give me the phone, give me the phone. And he was like, no, I was like, I will be respectful. Give me the phone. And he doesn't ever give it to me. He leaves to take the kids to preschool. What do I do? I call his dad. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. So I was sitting right here and Jordan would hand me the phone. <laughs> and I was just like, I just need to set some boundaries with you. And I mean, like, he's like very into our finances too much. And I'm just like, I do not think it's an appropriate thing for you to talk this much about this. I was like, like talking about finances is a very intimate thing in a marriage and it just really isn't your place, you know? And he's like, you're right. It isn't. Mm -hmm. But like when you set those boundaries, you have to do it in a way that the other person won't get defensive. And so Mm -hmm. I guess I wanted to show people how to do that. Like you, you don't attack them. Like you don't say like, you're being too involved. You're, because the point, mm-hmm. like the topic you want to be on, if they get defensive, turns. And then you're not talking about what you initially brought up. You're talking, yeah. you're responding to them being defensive now. And so being able to say, this is how I feel like, or this really isn't your place. Like we are married and this is between us. We will be okay, but it's not your place. Yeah, You can't really argue that. Or when you yeah. have to set, like, and not all boundaries have to be shared. Like, I have boundaries with my mom, but she doesn't know. So there's certain things I don't talk to her about. I don't yeah. need to call her and say, I will not talk to you about this, this, and this. Because what's she going to do? She's going to get, she might get defensive well, and see, be like, I'm why like, not? We can I'm talk like, about that. But I already, I already know it always leads to a fight. I know. I'm, like, so bad with that. I'm, like, <laughs> these are my boundaries that I'm going to break. That's mine. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. And they, it takes practice and like literally <laughs> you might have to look in the mirror and rehearse this but like the best way you can do it if you do want to express it to that person <coughs> is yeah. making 
a connection. So like okay. a lot of parents think they're doing what's best for their kids, right? But then being like, oh, hey, like mom or dad, did you feel like your parents did what was best for you? No, they didn't do what was best for me. I right. And then it's yeah. like, oh, well, then how do you, then why do you think you know what's best for me? Like make right. a, like whatever bothers you about the person you're setting boundaries with, find that person to them and be like, how do you feel when so-and-so does or says this? And then they'll go off yeah. about their feelings and thoughts on it and be like, you do that to me. <laughs> and then yeah. it flicks and they get it because now it's an emotional thing because they, they feel it. They yeah, feel- I was talking to my this lady that works in my office and yeah. she was talking about just uh, something like that with her daughter and how there was being, there was judgment involved by like her mother. Yeah. And then she basically was, she just had to, like, how would you have been in this situation when, like, I was a kid and you were my mom? And she's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly yeah. the same. Mm-hmm. So. And so it's, like, connecting, like, making that connection and just under, like, telling them, like, you know, like, when I talk to my father, like, he's like, I just want you guys to do well. And I'm like, I know you do. Like, I'm, like, I'm like, I know your intent yeah. as well. I know you want us to be successful. I know you want these good things for us, but your delivery of it. Is what's balls. not helpful for us. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> and so, I just did. I just said it, though. That's the problem. <laughs> the whole and, problem is I said it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Whatever. Then the last thought I had was, um, <sighs> I saw somewhere that was like, no, maybe you said it. Actually, I don't know. Maybe it was, it was me. It was pro- Holy crap! It may have been me, or you read it, or something. But it was like Dang. no one. No one's coming to save you. This could be me. That sounds said, like something I, I would say. I've said that been, a lot. Or you, or you like read it and then like the podcast said that you had read it just, somewhere. Maybe this is the thing. I listen. All I listen to is like habit books. The best way to be a good person. Oh yeah, like, I only you, read self. So dark. So like, I can't remember. I definitely have heard that, but probably from like everybody says it on everything I sure. listen to. Yeah, because it's just good advice. Yeah. yeah, it was it was probably hearing it from you, though, to be honest. And yeah. so that like sunk in for me, like no one's coming to save you, like you have to save you. And it's not something you can tell other people like, yeah, OK, I'm going to be a little you critical. Of, I'm going to be a little critical of you for a moment. Do sometimes it, you'll be I like, love it. look, you're depressed. Just like get <laughs> over it. Move forward. Do what you need to do. And it's like no yeah do i say that i come across like that oh that sucks sometimes only sometimes i only cringe a little bit okay but like (laughs) just because it's like you have to have that little bit of empathy like you have to be like like in any communication if you want to say that you first have to validate like you have to be like i know life sucks i know you don't want to get out of bed i know you don't want to do this and it's really hard but yeah this You're is the, the only problem. person who could save you. Like, what Let do you tell need you to why. do? Here's the problem. Okay. You want to know the problem with the podcast is for me, I feel like it's like I do this blog and everybody's on the same page with me. So like, if you listen to my last episode, I already said it. I don't want to say it every single time. So then random episode where I come across like direct it's cause I was already empathetic, like three episodes ago, like keep up. <laughs> That's a, and that's Maybe. not empathetic. 
that's not empathetic. That's rude. <laughs> I need to be nicer. You're right. You just have to express it first. <laughs> okay. They all like, only you. you're going to save you. And that like had to sink in for me. Like only I can save you. And it made me think of like all the times that I felt like I had felt the spirit in my life. Like what are those strong manifestations that I was like, oh, I know the church is true because I had this, right? Well, no, that feeling came, but that doesn't mean that church was true. It just yep. means I had this feeling that was strong and meant something yeah. to me. And I would always think it was amazing. Like, oh, the Holy Ghost talks to each of us in the way we learn and hear best. Yeah. Like the I way. I get talked to. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> like uh, there'd be like exact wording. Like I remember when my husband left, like I had this feeling that was like, Alessandra, I knew who your husband was. Or I knew your husband was going to leave the church before you even knew who he was. And I needed him to have a wife who would bring him back. Hmm. Okay. At the time, that was very profound for me. Like wow. I was like. It's like a patriarchal oh. blessing. Yeah. But I speak like that. Yeah. So that feeling isn't from the Holy Ghost. That Holy Ghost isn't knowing us individually. I mean, if there is one, sure. Yeah. He knows. But that feeling's coming from my subconscious. Like that is the subconscious. Yeah, that's the subconscious me trying to heal myself in my pain. And so many times, like when I'm thinking of like yelling at that ex-boyfriend, who's like, you're never going to find a good RM. And I'm like, yes, I will. And I'll know he's my husband when he accepts me for me. I want that. That's my subconscious telling me these things to move forward. And so... You are the only person going to save you. Like you are your own savior. Yep. And you and do by... still need those moments where like, you're not pray. You might not be praying to a God to receive revelation, but you're just taking a moment to meditate or be in your own spirituality and connect with your own inner self. And yep. you're not waiting for the Holy ghost. You're waiting for you. Like literally you save you. Yep. And since that has sunk in, my life has gotten better. Like I'm not, I can't, I just, you know, like the depression's going away. Life is getting better because I'm not waiting for God's timing. I'm not sitting here like, oh, God just doesn't want me to be happy yet. Or there's something to learn in this misery. Or, you know, know, his plan's probably in two years for things to get better. It just is like, no, I can make this happen anytime I want. I am the only thing stopping me from getting there. Yeah, and it's it's really cool to realize that you are... I talked about this on one of my podcasts, like where sometimes you just start, it's almost like your life is like a raft and you're floating down a river and you're acting like you don't have a paddle to control the path. And so some people just like have their paddle in their boat and they just bumping off of rocks and just going wherever they go. Whereas like you have more control than you think and you can get yourself like to a different spot. You can dock where you like, you can do whatever you want with your life, but like there, maybe there's a path. And at the end of it, we're all going to end up like maybe in the same place. Maybe like there's a Christ that's, there's going to be a judgment day. Maybe there's this, maybe there's that, maybe there's the other, but just to realize that like you, like I always, this is like my best analogy. Like if you want to start making a difference, like you just look at running and if you put your, you have to start literally, it's as simple as put your shoes by the front door tonight, Uh put them there. So they're there and put your running socks out and your shorts out and your shirt out. And then when you get up, you you know what you're doing. You put it on, you have your little smoothie, 
you're ready to go in the morning and then like go run like 500 feet who you made a step to do something and then do it a little bit more the next day and then the next yeah. day and then all of a sudden you're like a runner person <laughs> yeah but you could do you could do that with anything it's just right. it's so hard it's so hard to see like the incline like if you're climbing a mountain and you want to look at every single step and focus on each step and how annoying it is, it's going to feel like a nightmare to get to the top. Yeah. But if you look at the steps for what they are, take a look back, see where you've come and enjoy the journey. Life's pretty freaking fun. Yeah. And it really is like, I'm enjoying the journey instead of enduring to the end. Yeah. That's my least favorite thing. Endure to the end. That's my least favorite phrase ever. Stay alive, even if it sucks. Keep going. It's like, this is... Yeah. Well, I got to go. I got to make a couple phone calls. But thank you. Hopefully one day. How cool would it be if I could do this full time? Just like, that'd be cool. I wouldn't have to go sell solar. I don't even care about the money. What if I could just do this to do this? And I had enough. How would you get money? But then I was saying I have to <laughs> do something. I just sell these hats right here. See these? Perfect. Yeah. Just make this my brand. Sell this, and then I can just podcast. <laughs> okay. If you get married, is it going to be like king and queen of Corona? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've thought that far through this. Did you ever is look I... my friend up? Um. I like. It was like one of the first things I like tagged her and was like, because I thought you were well, neutral. It's like you should go out. You're both divorced. That was... I think that was a long time ago, though. It was. Oh, yeah. So I, yeah, it was. I think I looked her up, and then she lived in Utah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> she likes, you know? She likes weed and shrooms, too. Shrooms. I don't even know. I don't really think I like shrooms. Oh, no? Oh, you'll tell me about that a little bit more. Maybe. The, shroom, the shrooms. It was good. <laughs> like a good experience. But I think weed... Like, I think weed was has been more effective for me than shrooms, but... Yeah. Um, I did it once when I was, like, 19. I don't, I don't know what it would be like now. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah. If anyone... you Can you put show notes? I was just going to say, if anyone needed, like, book options, if it's yeah. like a parent thing, there's a book I love called Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents. Adult? What is it called? Adult Children... Of emotionally immature parents. Lindsay Gibson. Dang, I gotta read this one. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Then there's another, like, there's, like, another part that says, like, recovering from emotionally immature parents. I haven't read that one yet, but I'm sure it's also great. And then my, like, favorite book, which you've probably heard of, is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Yeah, I've heard of that one. It's, I mean, it's written to women. Men could enjoy it as well, but it's like I read it in February and I'm about to read it again and I have like a bajillion books on my to read list but I was like I just have to read it again I love it so that's where you got the title of the podcast huh yes <laughs> connected so go. much with it I let yeah. the everybody that comes on my podcast I let you, you I, I make sure you approve what I write about oh and yeah and also I let you title your episode but okay just because I want it to be like your message. Because I do feel like we're all like in this together. So yeah. my podcast, I always tell people like, you could run my podcast. Joni could run my podcast. Miranda could run my podcast. Ruben could run my podcast. Paul, Ryan, everybody. Yeah. It's like, all people want to know is like, that you're willing to be vulnerable, truthful. And then like yeah. the truth 
it's so funny that saying like the truth will set you free. Oh, it does. It's so it's it's true. Truth and it like goes with this other phrase I love that's like shame dies when stories are told in safe places. Dang, look at you with all these good sayings. I gotta write person. something up. Shame dies mm-hmm. when, when stories what? are to- when stories are told in safe places. All right, guys, you got a bunch of stuff you can like whoop, whoop. look they up. You can print these quotes out, hang them on your wall. It's got a free therapy hour. Just kidding. (laughs) It's actually. You did not. Therapy's not like this. I don't talk nearly this much in therapy. (laughs) So that was four, four and a half hours of my time. I'm going to send you a bill. It's probably going to be, I charge about $1,000 per hour. That's that's, that's how I'm going to run this podcast. (laughs) Just bring you on and then bill you afterwards. And if you don't pay, you go to collections. (laughs) Like I should have oh, a podcast that's like geez. a therapy podcast where I'm like, hey, come on and let's do an hour of therapy sure for my podcast how cool. that people can see. But you have to pay me. Just kidding. Have them sign a waiver. I do want to do a is... show though. Oh, you know, like the super nanny show when she like comes in and watches like them with their kids and then she comes yeah. in and tells them like what they need to do better. Yeah. Anybody has TV show hookups. <laughs> I would love to like watch someone's marriage for a day or two. And then yeah. come in and be like, this is what we need to change. And like, like have them have like a little oh. headphone in. And I'm like, okay, say this instead. You'd be like, oh, dear Lord, what is happening that here? So they would, it would be, it, it would be an interesting show, but yeah. all right, I'll let you go. Uh, I got some people Six calling o'clock me. here. All my neighbors drink on Friday night because they work during the week. So Damn, this will get, be fun. <laughs> I'm getting chocolate wasted right now with this toasted coconut. I get this like super healthy sh- chocolate. This is like how I treat is it myself. Good? Uh, it tastes like shit, but it's better Eat than dark chocolate. Then, if you want healthy it's... chocolate. Oh, this is kind of dark. This is called. Yeah, but no, get like Dove, like the Dove dark chocolate. Oh, it's fantastic. This is 70% cocoa. Think about that. That's good. That's just straight. That's just straight like chocolate before it gets all processed. So I don't know. It sucks, but okay. It's got some, Get dark it's got some flavor. Dove. All right. Dove dark chocolate. Have fun tonight. All right. Talk to you later. See you. Bye.